Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Event Brew. Today I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues from around the world, one of which is basically in Canada, the other is definitely in Canada. Joined by the lovely, lovely Nick Borelli. On a clear day. Oh yeah, you are. I can see Canada. You can see Uh, Ontario. On a really cold day? Yeah, Canada asterisks. Uh, I can, uh, on a cold day, I can walk to Canada uh, across the lake. Uh, I'm not going to be doing that. Is this but... true? Yeah, for sure. It's, wow. just, we it's share, like we that share, scene from like... Dark Knight where he like is like, go on the ice, and you don't know whether you're going to make it or not. Wow. And, and we're also joined by the the lovely Canadian, token Canadian, also from Canada, Dustin Wesling. Oh, hey. Thank, thank, thank you, Dustin, for joining us today. Yeah, yeah you're very welcome. Oh. I, who just joined? Why are you putting your finger on your nose? We're already recording. And Tui just joined us. <laughs> that's how you skip the LA. She is currently eight minutes late to our podcast recording. And but she's LA early. Halfway through recordings. Yeah, LA early. Man, so you guys are going to call me out. Tui Deep joining us from Hot Dokimazo. Is that the best? Hot Rock Creative. That's what the professional company name is. Hey, you guys. Hey, hey we're, we're we're actually we're shooting for brevity this time because uh, Will wants his teeth fixed. So I really oh, I need see. to go to the dentist. Okay. I like this I, new format. I think we just start recording. People can show up when they want. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. And everybody, it's Will Kern from Endless Events. So what are you guys all drinking in your cups today? Because, uh, yeah, what do you got in your cups or bottles or what uh, you sipping on? I mean, I'm drinking... Uh, Mountain Dew Zero, uh, which has a uh, tie-in with Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Oh, it's such a good game. So, I mean, like, you know, um, that's America in a can, right? It's a video game promoting uh, the military and uh, a sugary uh, beverage, a lot I mean, of it's chemicals. it's more so the video game, I think, is, is the thing. I mean, like, I mean, Mountain Dew has been promoting gaming since, like... I was alive, basically. Yeah, I just feel like there's something, like, intrinsically American about Mountain Dew Zero... Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Like, I don't know. Edition. That's a what a can. What a, a can. can. That why can not just, tells us. Why not story. just a flag? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, can you Mar- tell us more? Marca. <clears throat> uh hey Tui, what what are you drinking? Are you drinking drinking Laterade? <laughs> you guys are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I am so flustered right now. I have bread <laughs> baking for a turkey dinner tonight and Tui thought we were gonna get on here and talk for a half an hour before I we started did. recording like we normally do. <laughs> like last minute work things and so i'm drinking my from earlier this morning cold tea matcha tea with a little bit of agave in it because i couldn't even grab something to drink for this <laughs> well it's fancier i'm actually drinking uh, uh like uh normally like dustin drinking some water right now actually um had my chai latte for the mm. day and 
trying to stay hydrated right now. What kind of watery beer are you drinking, Dustin? Uh, you'll be very proud of me today. I am drinking the Banded Peak Brewing Plains Breaker Hopped Wheat Ale. Ooh, that's and you good. will wow. it's it's from Calgary, and you will appreciate it's crafted for adventure. An aromatic style bending approach to the pale ale. How is that for fucking language on the back of a can? Love it. Is that, the what, only one is that, that why you're wearing cans. a beanie right now? You're feeling adventurous? It's a toque. Uh, do we have Wait, time to get into it? It's different than a beanie? Beanie versus toque. No, because COVID has beat me down so much that I don't even shower anymore. I just put on a toque, <laughs> go to work, come That's home, fair. and talk to you assholes. I put that on Facebook uh, the other day on my uh, weekly Facebook post and I was like uh, this is what I do on webinars as I uh, oh yeah there's a picture of you in your pants sweatpants yeah I, oh, assumed, yeah, sweatpants. I assumed you didn't wear pants no I, I you know he has kids he kids. has to wear pants oh that's true I, I have yeah. kids old enough to make fun of me for that have stuff. you le- has anybody legit done a webinar or a video call without pants on yet it's email us that memperhelloonless.com I was talking don't to send you pictures three. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't no. mind seeing yeah. pictures. I don't mind. I, I, I mean, if I did, no, I would no, we do you. not I'm, want that coming in the email inbox, Dustin. <laughs> Send us all <laughs> your nudes, you guys. <laughs> well, I assume you're wearing something. Come on, you guys. <laughs> you mean like okay, okay like some okay, Christmas so. boxer shorts or? Oh, okay. I've definitely just worn yeah, a robe no. and just oh, played wow, it that's, off. That's really cranking it up. Yeah. I mean, it was weird. Is normally like when I used to like go like dress up for meetings and climbing and stuff. I always wore like. Like pants, pants, not like shorts. But now all I do is wear shorts. You dress up? I mean, like yeah, like khakis. Tuxedo. He's like, I'll wear my green endless shirt today. I'll wear my green endless (laughs) shirt. My black one. My blue endless. (laughs) And then my black one. Yes, thank you, Tui. All right, guys. What what are we what are we talking about? Yeah, you uh, guys. Since Tui has no idea what (laughs) we're talking about. What are we talking about? You'll like this, Tui. This is a good topic. You'll like this one. So philosophically, what are we talking about today? Thanks. So I, it's just because I just came out of a, a two-hour phone conversation talking about the uh, with a, a chapter of uh, an event association talking about like what what our challenges as an industry are going to be as I see them, and I, I was like, all right, if I'm saying this as concise as possible because we have a challenge list that's like, if you want to get granular, like so high, but if you wanted to nail it in like one sentence, it would be, why do we even need face-to-face events, and like. I think that like the danger in that to me f- comes from I think a lot of us that have been in the live events industry for a while at least those people uh, that we we feel like we know the answer to this we feel like we reflexively know the answer mm-hmm. to this you know meetings mean business and mm-hmm. well, event you know getting together is a human to thing blah 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 and yes ultimately that's true I I do think however that we've never before trained this volume of of humanity to have an experience that is not face to face in order for them to come together in the smallest ways and the biggest ways. So I'm not just talking about like, how do we get our conferences back? How do we get our trade shows back? Like, uh, like, I'll tell you, like anecdotally in, in my my house, like my wife never had Zoom calls with people at her work until this year. You know, Mm -hmm. like they would do phone calls, but really they would have trips Mm -hmm. and they would come out to her. She's in retail and she runs a store and uh, people that are from like district manager to, you know, VPs of different departments, they'd come into the store and there would be this whole dog and pony show. They don't do that anymore. They walk around with a tablet and 
that is and the meetings that take place are now taking place you know on on zoom tablets and that's one small you know window into that but like the entire world has been mass trained on the alternative to what we in the face-to-face world to do mm-hmm. and that is find find the the necessity or or uh of putting human beings together in a room and i think the only thing that we need to like hyper hyper focus on is why does uh like physical bodies in the same room matter like and i think everything else is just going to be built on top of that even from like you know behavioral psychology to to hospitality to you know what we call experiential like all that stuff like i think is um like the trappings Mm -hmm. but like we have to immediately solve the question of that person who's going to be in each and every one of our rooms from this point on uh, on the client side who's saying yeah but why do we even need to come together Mm -hmm. and like they have a they have a platform in mind they probably already pay for it they have an entire uh attendee group that has been trained on it like the solution like we're no longer the default like it's not we do this because we always do this and we can't get our people to do this because it's new like everyone has done the alternative now so Mm -hmm. we have like even i remember in like uh four or five years ago when like ilea made the change from uh, I S E S to I L E A. I remember like I was doing quite a bit of speaking to Ilea chapters and I was, uh, in uh, Marcom at the time. And one of the questions I got most frequently was, isn't that redundant live events? What other type of events are there? And I was like, well, now we know. I was like, now we know. I was like, then I was like, Skype. Now it's like, what other events are there besides Zoom, right? Like, right. Or, or whatever. Like, that's the default. Right. And I'm not saying that's always going to be default and whatever, but like, I think that that's a, that's a, a, a physical person literally in the room, or that pressure is in the room, always now. And I think we have to satisfy it very succinctly in a way that is overwhelmingly. Um, important, you know, mm-hmm. like we have to be able to say, oh, we do that because this happens and without it, it doesn't happen. And we have to be like big and bold and, and we have to be as positive to the negatives of things like disease, money, you know, um, you know, physical harm, all that stuff, all the mm-hmm. bad. We have to have a, a, a such a silver bullet real um, tangible answer to the, to the, to offset those that we beat it, uh, or we don't exist. Well, I think I was going to attach to that and say like, well, I think the default answer I hear nowadays is, well, people really want to get back together. Just people, look about how many people are going yeah. to restaurants and bars and they're just people crave to be together. Yeah. Well, I think, I think anytime somebody's saying people crave to be together and then they add to that, you're doing something that you have to do. So when you go to a restaurant, you, I mean, you have to eat, you have to, so, so I don't, I don't know that we're in this, like, I don't buy, I don't buy into this associations trade show. That's the point, right? I think there are, there are certain, I think there's certain social, social experiences that we're craving right now, but as the time goes on, as we do more of this, we're going to crave that less. And yep. when we get that, we're going to be disappointed 
because I think we've all got a little bit of amnesia as to all the bullshit that goes into having those experiences and the travel and what a, what a hassle air travel is and blah, blah, blah. So I think we're going to get there and be like, oh, this isn't as good as I thought it was. There's a lot of pressure on live experiences when they come back because I think there's going to be, there are going to be people, you know, I, I can't wait to see all you guys in person again. But the whole experience around that is gonna, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on that because I'm gonna be like, oh, finally. And then I'm gonna be like, oh, it's still a shitty conference in a shitty hotel and a shitty Uber driver. And oh, the the world is is still shitty. Um, that sounded really negative, but I'll be very happy to see <laughs> all your faces. So I think, I think in order to truly answer this question, I think we're gonna need to really start to accept the events that shouldn't be events anymore, the live experiences that shouldn't be. And until we can start to take those out and say, this shit doesn't need to happen in person. Do you need to fly around the world to see a convention center anymore? Or can we figure out how to do this virtually? And, and once we start figuring out what are real live events, what are events that deserve to be live and can only be successful live, then I think we can really start to answer the question as to why right now, Every, every goddamn business meeting, every site visit, every, every interaction, every conference we're considering as live. So once we start to divide that out and say, this shit doesn't need to be live. The, um, I saw the TELUS Convention Center posted today. They did a virtual tour. They've got a tablet on wheels. And they roll it around with their sales team and they do a full, they full site visit. You're not, you're not watching something pre-recorded. It's live. You can do whatever you want. Big shout out to them because they listen to our podcast. Um, and, and that does that need to be live? Does that need to be a live experience anymore? I've never ever spent so much time in my office not driving from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. That used to be all I do. And I don't ever want to go back to that type of meetings and events. And so yeah, I think we better figure out what is um, what deserves to be called a live experience. What, you know, live experience of the future is things that you cannot do any other way and have the same results. What's the core, do you think, of of an alive experience of a face-to-face experience that doesn't translate to virtual. Like that's the, that's the, I know Tui's got something. Not, I'm trying question. to crack. <laughs> I was actually just thinking of being present in the moment about this, but something that is at the core, well, invoke a, an emotion, but how, but specifically in person, I mean, that's tough because you can convey, you can, you can convey, emotion through a screen but it's like that hug that um that moment where you can feel i guess this is like going into the hippie like that energy that energy that you don't you can't really get through just what we're Mm -hmm. doing now right when we're in a (laughs) room together that synergy when we're like all collaborating and talking and sharing stories and ideas yes you can do that virtually but i don't think it hones in it doesn't impact as much when you are face to face with someone i think it's hard to challenge all the senses when you're doing this yeah i think there's ways of course but i think something that happens in a live event that's very difficult to replicate is getting all of your senses going and that that is something that you know there's there's going to be some some you know in caterers out there that have engineered something that they send to your home and you can smell it and taste it and see it. And that's all fine, but that's not the reality of what, what the, the mainstream is going to be. So I think, I think that you can enjoy an artist virtually 
just as much as you can in person, depending on how you like your experiences. If you don't like sitting in the nosebleeds, because that's all you can afford, the technology is going to get better and better and better. So your home experience is going to be just as good as sitting in the very, very back row. I do, I do believe that. I think that that business meetings and somebody standing on a stage and talking, like if that's the only thing you have to offer, that can be done better virtually much better virtually than it can be done in a live room. So I think that mm. that when you start to combine full experiences of the the sight, the smell, the taste, the feel, like that those are going to be the things that if you can accomplish that virtually, that deserves to be in person. So I think about like things in experiences that I've had in that are transformative that that I can't describe. You know that that are that is kind of overwhelming mm-hmm. uh, from face to face. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to figure out how I can break that down and figure out what's there. So mm-hmm. like when you talk about front row of like a music venue, to me, that is intimacy. Um, and it is feeling uh, the music in not just my ears, um, but feeling it in a way mm-hmm. that I can, I have an intimate connection and closeness to uh that uh performer that i admire and i have to be a big fan for that to matter if it's somebody i don't know much i don't really care right so i have to combine things from my life in there and then when i think of like sports events i think about i think i get superior uh emotional um uh journey through the television Um, but i think i get a, a a connectivity to people and to the why mm-hmm. I care about sports when I'm physically there because I get um, the entire community's uh, heartbeat, so to speak, on the same um, like beat, right? So like when the cheers happen, I, it's, it's me and it's them, right? Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no difference. Uh, meanwhile, if I'm watching it, I get to feel like I care why that down matters more than ever because you know, like he he's been trying to make that type of pass for 20 years, but he wasn't able to because, you know, his arm and, and here's the footage from you know 10 years ago, whatever. Right. Like it, they get to show guide me through a story in a way that emotionally connects me better. But if I'm there, I don't really care about any of that stuff. Really, I care about being one part of everything uh, mm-hmm. that is around me and, and that connectivity of it. So all I'm th- all I'm thinking about is is like let's take uh, our experiences in the face to face realm where they've been like the height because I think that the lower mm-hmm. isn't going to survive right. the height and right. like let's say why did that work mm-hmm. and then let's figure how we can deconstruct it and use that in order to infuse that into things to to answer that person in the room who's saying but yeah but why are we meeting together. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, as you're talking about, you know, I think about C2 Montreal, which is, <clears throat> I've talked about it before, but it's a, it's an incredibly immersive um, marketing conference that happens uh, in Montreal. And, and that is, that is an event that you can't, you cannot replicate the feeling. You cannot replicate the hair standing up on the back of your neck when you walk into this this completely immersive environment where there's so much going on. You're so you're it's it's incredible. It's all around you. I mean, I don't care how good you are at virtual, you will never get that sort of excitement and that rumble in your body that you 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 don't even know where to go next. There's there's a certain it brings you almost to your childhood of this sort of like 
uncontrollable like excitement. I think this is part of it too. So like I've met people who have been to C2 and the way they describe it makes me want to go there mm-hmm. because they're like, they, 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 they've said something in ways I haven't experienced before and they are passionately trying to sell me on it without trying right. to sell me on it. Right. Like oh, they want me for later. Yeah. Right. Perfect. They, but they want me to be, they want other people to be part of it. And I think that like maybe experiences that turn that don't just change people, which I think virtual can do. I think that turn people into change agents that make right. them sing the songs of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's another, maybe in the list of things that face to face, the best to face to face, the stuff that will survive. Right. It has to be able to have like raving fans. Right. If it doesn't, then it's just a transaction and then that can happen anyway. So, so cue the idea of smaller, more intimate in person with a larger audience online. And this is the thing that I've been thinking about for months where, you know, and I brought up concerts and, you know, I was, I was talking specifically about the person that could only afford the $69 tickets in the nosebleeds that the experience sucks. Like the sound is awful. The sound's not built for you. It's sticky. It's gross. You can't see shit. And so, so imagine these experiences moving to smaller smaller theaters so that everybody has a good seat and the people that are not there are getting an incredible online experience. Now take that into conferences, take that into to all the other events that we're doing where maybe we don't go back to 2000 people crammed in a 50,000 square foot hall. Maybe it's maybe it's a closer intimate higher price point experience for those that are live and everybody else is getting an amazing virtual experience. And I I think obviously I think that's going to be the way we restart um, that's going to be how things restart. And I think we're going to, I think we're going to pause there and, you know, hybrid's not a new thing for anybody, but I think that we're going to find a lot of success there in allowing those that don't need to be there in person to not be there. And those that want to pay for the experience, because now it's got to be incredible. will go. I think what that's going to do is it's going to create some have and have nots. And it's going to create some like that. It's going to bring the FOMO thing back, which First off, will be good for uh, it'll be good for face to face because it'll make it'll make it aspirational. Uh, so the people that are supposed to be there are there, and it matters, and they're not just going just just to go. But then right. I think hopefully the next stage after that, because there when the, where there like nature hates a vacuum, where there is more demand for that type of thing. I don't think I think that's potentially where the hub and smoke thing could come in because you could have multiple right intimate experiences if we nail down the fact that the intimacy is what the magic was in that in that phase coming back uh and not the return to what we had which was a a, a bajillion people in a giant Mm -hmm. rectangle i don't actually believe that's where people get energy from i don't believe that it takes volume volume of people to get that energy sports would be oh i think would be the exception to that maybe just there but yeah. even even sports could come down, right? Twenty thousand fans versus forty thousand fans. Like, I agree. I agree. If, I think if, at a certain if, point, it's not, yeah. If yeah. the venue, if the if you filled the venue appropriately, then you know, I think I think sports needs to remain with full venues, one hundred percent. But I think mm. when we're talking about events, I don't know that I've ever been like I'm so excited because there's ten thousand people all fighting for the Starbucks <sighs> lineup. It's a turn like, off. It's I, total. I used off. to get excited about like the biggest events and the crazy, but then I was like. Then I realized that no, it didn't, wasn't about the size of the event that made it good. It was just, it was maybe the fact they had a bigger budget so they could do cooler things. But like, if anything, I've had just as good of a time in a hundred person 
concert as I right. have going to ACL. I would pay more for better experience. I've been saying that for a long time. I would much rather pay more, go to less, go to less events, and have a much better experience. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so over going to these twelve hundred dollar conferences that give that 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 are just that are slapped together. And I, I, w- I would much rather pay four times that and talk about that conference like I talk about C two. Sounds like quality over quantity, right, you guys? And one, some of the things that you're both, everyone's touch base on is environment. It's collision. Collision is something that Tony Shea says, uh, where it's the opportunity to collide with someone and to make that connection. Because I could be up in the nosebleed section. Maybe my quality, my experience isn't that great, but I'm connecting with, uh, Nick, you were saying, just like that community of people. Hey, we both have something in common. We love this artist. Hey, we both have something in common. We're here for a purpose. But if that can be curated where it's the quality versus just having mass people come, it's the quality versus having multiple of that meeting, event, conference, that makes it just so much better that's everyone's getting who do attend the vip experience of that experience right. but that's just the norm now and having yeah. people then virtually still get to experience that and then just like tying it all in together and so yeah this is I'm really excited interesting. to see some of the the innovations that take place in the next year or two in virtual events and see how that live events will will learn from those mm-hmm. and like one of the things that i think that because i think that like the money will shift that way. And I think that that technology is going to change a lot of things there. Uh, and I think that there's an opportunity for obviously virtual events have always been looking at face to face events as like the um, the inspiration for design. And I think that's going to shift and virtual will be its own thing. Uh, and then it'll go the other way. And like one of the things that I would think about, like what Tui was saying that made me think of it was like the idea of algorithmic matchmaking. Mm-hmm. If you could totally. apply what's being done in virtual in the algorithmic matchmaking and apply it to a face-to-face event. And you could say, okay, you're in the nosebleeds, but there's tables and you're put together with four other people who you you psychometrically should just like, or psychographically should just be, you know, together with. Totally. I'd go to that nosebleed experience all day because there's four people that like are, you know, that have like parts of their life that makes us, you know, like somebody that we should have, we should have met. Right. And Mm -hmm. we could have had that. So I think that like, that's why I'm ex- I talk about hybrid um, potential so much as if you if you design, you know, two di- like one event, two different experiences, but with one community, you know, where it, everyone actually impacts each other. The virtual impacts the face to face, the face to face. And it is it feels like it's one heartbeat. That's what hybrid potential is. Right. Uh, I think right now it's in its infancy and we're seeing kind of like just like this kind of. um I don't know, um, just using what we got laying around and throwing it together. Right. But like, uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see the cross-pollination of ideas. Yeah, I think Will's trying to wrap us up, but I'm going to keep going. Um, I think that, you know, I've got this this perfect example that lives in my head of of where <clears throat> where a lot of people believe that you couldn't replicate something, and it's Peloton. And when you... You know, a lot of people are like, no, I need to go to the group class because I love the community. I love the vibe. I love the energy. I love the connection with the instructor. And what Peloton has done is they filled in all those gaps at home where you don't got to travel. You go on to Peloton. You do a live class. The instructor knows you're there. They shout out your milestones. You high five each other in the class virtually. You get to you get to 
you get to be a part of something that's even bigger. And in my opinion, it 100, 100% replaces what that experience is live. And it feels good. And those conversations that happen while you're on the bike carry on into their different communities and all their other platforms. It is fucking genius. It's genius. And it is the template for how we're going to continue to move move forward with events. And I did a test drive of a new a new platform, a new networking platform, and talking to the developers last week, we were talking about how do we how do we align the attendees and their interests? How do we say this is what I have to offer and this is what I'm looking for? And then find those people in the crowd, connect them. So when you go into these virtual networking, you automatically know I got to look for Jeff because the algorithm has told me that we're going to have a great conversation. And when you find him in that room, you already know that it's going to, you already know that it's going to be great. Um, so yeah, I think, and we've been, we've been saying this for a couple months or since the beginning of COVID, the technology is going to get better and better and better. The rapid rate in which technology is advancing and the smartest brains are trying to figure out how to keep this online. And I think that's a win. I, I 100% think that's a win. There's going to be a place for for in-person, there's going to be a place for virtual, and we're going to live in a hybrid world from this point forward. So let's not worry about, let's not worry as much about getting back into live. Let's figure out what the new live is going to look like. I love it. All right. Well, as Justin said, I'm trying to wrap these guys up, keep you guys in a nice, concise 30-minute episode. Uh, But hopefully you guys enjoyed this. A little brief conversation into why the heck do you even have to meet in person and the most controversial topic probably ever. And I'm sure we'll continue to touch this. I think we'll do this one again. I think we got lots more to say. There's so much more to say. I I was definitely agree. So stay tuned for part two. If you don't already subscribe, go do that. But we'd love to know why do you think that people need to meet in person? Feel free to send us your arguments or your points for it as well um, in to eventbrew at helloendless.com along with whatever call to action I said that we said we wanted to hear from everybody. Oh, yeah. Pictures of you without pants on, apparently. <laughs> Thank you guys all so much for tuning in. This has been Event Brew. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.